Hello there. My name's Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. Always high on the list of attractions for getting into small boat fishing are its flexibility and unpredictability, and never was this better demonstrated than by an invitation to trail and ferry my 15-foot sea hog hunter across to Tralee Bay in Islands County Kerry back in the early 1980s. At the time, Tralee Bay, and in particular the tiny sheltered village of Phoenix towards the northern entrance, was fast earning itself a well-deserved reputation amongst charter boat parties, though it had still to be explored by dinghy anglers fishing from their own trail boats. With that in mind, Ireland's Central Fisheries Board arranged for myself and Brian Douglas to meet up with Kevin Lenane for a few days, with a view to making a publicity video to encourage wider participation across that whole southwest corner of Ireland from a wider range of visiting boat anglers. Based on charter fishing reports from the one boat operating in and around Tralee Bay, we knew to expect a variety of rays, taupe and monkfish. But that was it. We had absolutely no information whatsoever regarding the fishing marks. Our brief was to follow the charter boat out and practice for a couple of days, then meet up with Kevin at Godley's Bar to work out a loose script for the filming, after which we would be free to carry on exploring for ourselves. With hindsight, we can see now that we were lucky enough to be there just as it was hitting its peak in terms of fishing quality, probably because many of the fish taken were sharks and rays with painfully slow reproductive rates, the venue was doomed to disaster from the moment the first baits ever went down and fish started to be taken out of the water. Anglers weren't as enlightened back then in terms of catch and release, though our brief was also to tag and release as many taupe and rays as possible as part of a far-sighted strategy by the Central Fisheries Board to promote angling quality through responsible participation and conservation. And what a venue it turned out to be, though not in all cases for the species we expected to catch, nor for the marks suggested to us, as we were left completely to our own devices to explore and try to suss out the true potential for ourselves, which with hindsight we were able to do to the max. Kevin had us trail the boat up to a car park and viewing area on the top of Mount Brandon and filmed us leaning on the gunnels of the boat admiring the view and talking about the fishing prospects, which by that stage we already knew, as the actual fishing of the film was already in the can. Every time I hear the Thin Lizzy track whiskey in the jar with its mention of the Cork and Kerry Mountains, I think back to that day and the quality of the fishing we'd just turned up. But it could quite easily have gone the other way had we stuck to our original brief of following the charter boat about the place. Initially, that was exactly what we did. We followed him out more or less to the centre of the bay close to the mouth to anchor for a spell before pushing off to the heads to drift for Pollock. The sea wasn't exactly rough, but the size of some of those big lazy swells rolling in when you sat low down in a 15 foot boat was a bit daunting, not helped by the fact that all we could seem to catch was dogfish. And after an hour or so of that, I think we'd both just about had enough. No matter how badly we might do by going our own way, it was never going to be any worse than this endless stream of dogs. So we decided to up anchor and head back to explore some of the closer in marks and to try to find what people were describing as the monk hole, though again, we had absolutely no idea where to start other than by looking at the Admiralty chart and quite literally giving our hunches a go. Just to set the ball rolling, we dropped in maybe half a mile or so to the seaward side of the end of the big stone pier, as much to put the anchor down in some quieter water and study the chart as to do any fishing. It was, quite literally, a random stop, and instantly we started picking up thornback rays and hus, 
which later extended to taupe and small-eyed rays. But we also hooked into what were obviously better fish too, which we put down to being big monks. Unfortunately, we never actually got one near enough to the boat to find out one way or the other, because we ended up pulling for a break in almost every case over those two early practice days, thinking they'd taken us under rocks or other snags. In fact, I remember commenting at the time on how unlucky we were losing all the better fish in that way. I remember you snapping on one, mm. and I'm convinced that was a, well, a skate now. Exactly, yeah, with hindsight, yeah, yeah. because when Kevin turned up and came out with us and it happened again, he just said straight away, big skate, just hang on to the thing and uh, put the pressure on and get it up. What I remember about that trip, we'd gone out, particularly looking for the monkfish, because that's basically what we went for. Anything else is, yeah. uh, was a bonus after that. And each day we managed to get one or two monkfish, if you remember, up until the day that Kevin Lenane came. Sounds about right, yeah. And we, we went out, we were fishing, and we were fishing the ebb, and we were getting runs from bits of torp and stuff like that, and doggies, as you say, and it, we got a, a bite, didn't we? But it wasn't so much... Uh, a bang, bang, bang. It's just that the line went right out to the side, if you remember. A couple of taps and the line started to go out to the side. And um, he actually said to Kevin Lenin, that that's not, uh, that's not a top, that's a monkfish. But then when I, if you remember when I struck, it carried on going. There was just no stopping it at all. And then it went to ground. And that's where it sort of dawned on us. Yeah. Yeah. What had happened the previous day when yeah. you'd snapped on something. Absolutely, yeah. That's where it all started to drop into place. But the beauty was that it was there filming. So in, the, in your 15-foot boat, we had it there for posterity after. Yeah, that's didn't true, we? yeah. Everything yeah. else. Yeah. I seem to remember one of the big fish, whether it was when Kevin was there or not, I'm not too sure, but as you put the pressure on, pulling the back of the boat around. That was that day. You know, that's, the, the, that's the line of the anchor. Yeah, because the, the, the run would have nearly gone off the tide by then. And so it was, it was pulling the back of the boat around. Yeah, it was, if I remember rightly too, it was a lovely day. Yeah. Absolutely flat calm, wasn't it? It was, it was like an absolute mirror because I remember the video afterwards, you can see it coming up, you can see this big white blurry thing coming up, it's coming nearer and nearer and nearer, but it was like mottled and, and then it's at the side of the boat and you've got to deal with the damn thing. We're, we'd never caught those kind of things before. We'd one gaff, little 15 foot boat, Kevin leaning over filming, fish at the side, both of us at the one side, <laughs> trying to get it in. Anyway, got it in all right, but uh, the hardest part actually was getting it out, getting it back out. That's right. It. But the big thing was that it wasn't a common scare. No, it was um, bottlenose. Yeah, bottlenose, a white scare. Yeah. Which made it a better catch because Absolutely, yeah. it was yeah. nearer the specimen size. That's right, it? it took measurements off it, got the estimated weight about 140. Yeah. When we got back in, Kevin said, right, if you don't have a shower, same clothes on tomorrow, look exactly the same, I don't want any changes whatsoever. And he got this little tiny rowing boat which we towed out, do you remember? Yeah, that's right. We towed a rowing boat out. Then he went maybe 20 or 30 yards off with the cameras and we had to put £7 of lead on the <laughs> end of the, the line and get all the boat-to-boat shots walking around with the, with the fish uh, bumping up and down while he filmed it to cut two to make the film work. That, that's right, I remember that. Yeah, it was a superb fish. Well, I've never seen one of those things before. But if you, if you say that, well, that's what Phoenix had to offer, it didn't. Because there's a lot of other species there. Oh, absolutely. Wasn't there? You know, you've got your stingrays, you've got your, your undulates, you've got your painted, 
you got your common, uh, well, your, your bottlenose raised. There were common skaters as well, but we didn't see any. No, we didn't. But there were lots of other things. The sad thing, as far as he was concerned, was we didn't get the, the monkfish he'd actually come for that particular day well, until he left. I think one of the major problems with the monkfish that we had, though, when we came in that first day when we followed the charter boat out and came back in and tried experimenting, we were working around the pier area. It was a big, massive storm jetty, if you remember. Yeah. Like, uh, in fact, it was supposed to take ocean-going lines. That's why it was built that big. I've read on the internet since, but it was a huge thing with a really good launching slip at the side of it, good facilities, everything about the place was really good. And we stuck around, around that kind of area. We didn't really know at that stage that the monk hole was actually further inland, very much further inland, uh, on the, uh, the left-hand side as you're going in, uh, in very, very shallow water, which we managed to find later on afterwards. I always remember there was, a, there was some sort of a farm building on the shore with a, with a rusty corrugated roof that we used as a sort of a, a sighting marker for going in and you watch it on the little sound and uh, it was probably in about what, four feet of water, it was very yeah. very shallow, just a slight source of depression as you went in. We, we used to doddle over uh, like the banks to drop into the hole if you remember, so when we were actually fishing the hole you are only fishing four or five feet of water yeah, yeah. and you knew you'd, you'd got these big fish in there which we got stingrays and everything out yeah, of them. Yeah, quite a few stingrays. We, we didn't have the ungulates there, but we got the, the small-eyed rays there. That's right. We got the, the thornbacks, obviously, and the monks. Yeah. But I always remember that, that when we'd gone out following that charter boat, we managed to get some mackerel for bait. When we stopped following that charter boat on the other days, and particularly if you went inshore into the monk hole, you'd got a lot of difficulty getting bait. Bait was the problem with you stay close, and you'd got to go as far off as your dirt push for as long as you, you can manage to spur to try and get a few mackerel right. and then come back in unless you got bait with you obviously which, which we didn't take but uh, in that monk hole I remember us hooking the, the monks there and they'd come up and they were, they were fairly fairly placid fish when they came up was that the time where you had that big net that you bought for cod off Russell. Yes. And it smashed it to pieces. Absolutely disintegrated. <laughs> made a hole through the net and escaped through it and smashed all the frame to pieces. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was a good net that at the time. Well, it was, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they were absolutely looping when they got them in the boat, those things. Really but, ample. But that was another place that went into very quick decline, wasn't it? It was. We had it at its best. And we then, did. We within did. years. Because I remember... A couple of years later, two boats went across, wasn't it? Three boats? Two boats? Can't remember now. Probably three of us, actually. No, it was two. It was me, you and Kenny Robinson, and Kenny Mitchell, and it might have been uh, Dave Devine. Can't remember. Kevin Erdl was there, wasn't it? Not sure. But anyway, we went, we went I, I back. I thought it was three, because then it could Kenny, be, yeah, Kenny yeah, Mitchell right. said, oh, I'm going home, and he, he didn't come with us, did he? He'd had enough. I can't remember. But anyway, there was there was a few of us over yeah. there, and we tried various spots, didn't we? We tried down Baltimore. I'm not sure if we tried the Dingle area. We ended up at Phoenix anyway. We did. And we Thinking went, that we was went, a cert. Yeah, yeah, and it was not even gone by that stage. That's right. Shame, really, because it really fished well. And then, I think we went on the pier one night, and there was a lad shore fishing. He was catching, only small rays, but he was catching uh, small eyes, and undulates off the pier and that got us to think That's right. and it was actually casting on the seaward side and there was a sort of a lagoon would form there at low tide where there was a bit of a reef and this big pool and he was casting into that and we went out in the boat meandered our way around the end of the pier worked our way into this lagoon That's right. and got one apiece didn't we? I remember that an undulate apiece yeah. it's the first and only one I'd ever caught but uh, that's yeah because I got the first one hmm. 
But uh, no, you, I think I've got it on your rod. There was something about it <laughs> that I ended up with the underlet that should have been yours. Right. And I for some reason. And, gloom, and then eventually it comes good, we get them on a piece. Yeah, because if you remember, we drop it net down for prawns as well. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, do remember that actually. Yeah, it was a good trip that, but uh, sadly, all that's gone apparently. Yeah. They're just getting a few thornbacks and bullhuss and pollock out towards the, the mouth of the, the bay itself. Nothing exciting. No, no, that's another one that's uh, that we sampled. We've got it its best and yeah. it's gone. The fishing was absolutely brilliant and you got the photographs to back it up, but it's another of them places. Could well, it come back? Would it come back? Well, we've got that first trip we went on, but we did have a trip in between when we went again. In fact, it was our Ian that came with us. It was me, you and Ian in the it boat. It was, yeah. And I seem to remember, we went out to the same spot where you got that white skate, although there were about, we didn't have GPS back then. And quite literally, one of the first fish we got, you got, was another one of them. Another white skate. And it must have been off the measurements, well over the hundred. It wasn't as big as the first one. No, and yet, saying that, Kevin Hurdley had one on, but he only had it on about 18 pound gear. Oh, I remember that, he was taking all his line out, yeah. we were going up anchored and following the thing. Yeah, it, it, was, it was never going to land it, because he was only fishing with very light gear. That's right, yeah, he was up tiny and proof. It was about an hour and ten minutes, it just slapped all about that, yeah. Was that not the same trip that I got the second though? Well, that, that second one you got was, was one of the first fish we caught, and what, what sticks in my mind uh, with, with that fish, and, and with the first one you got on the other trip when Kevin Lanayne was there, was that we're only fishing about 20 feet of water, mm. and when you hook the thing and you, and you put the pressure on it, the zip slide was halfway up, you can see the zip slide <laughs> in the water, and the fish is still on the bottom, and fish have, you know, ton up fish yeah. in water that shallow. Kevin was a bit further out because they were giving him a dog's life, they turned him over what place, wasn't it? I remember boarding the boat with Kevin, and I remember uh, we up anchored and followed the fish, but eventually you get to the point, you get all your line back that you've lost, you get all the fish, but eventually you've got to put the pressure on the fish to get it up, you yeah. can't just, just catch up to it and sit and wait, and he, his line was only, I don't know, in the teens of pounds, something like that. Yeah, he couldn't him. pressure it, could So it? eventually, he was bound to snap out mm -hmm. of it, he might as well just get it over with, mightn't he? I know it's disappointing, but if it's inevitable, just get it over with and get a, get a big bait back in. Another crack for him. There must have been quite a few of those things about. I'm sure. Well, that, that first one was 140 off the measurements, and the other one was, would be over the 100. And the British record was somewhere in the 30s, just about 30 odd pound. Was it? Yeah. But obviously it was Southern Ireland, yeah. so it didn't count as a British record. But it just shows that it's quite a rare fish in our waters. When I say our waters, British Isles waters. But there, for some reason, it's supposed to be a deep water fish as well. But as I say, when Unless it comes water. out of deep water onto the banks. Cause they well, it's all on the Atlantic side, so yeah. I suppose it. Yeah, but I mean, what was attracting them in so close? Why would they come into there? Which is an interesting thing, it's on the Atlantic side that they get them up at Clue Bay and Westport. Yeah, I've never heard of these, these white skate being caught anywhere else. It was just in Tralee Bay, mm. around that pier area. And as you go into the monk hole, you got away from those fish. It, it changed again, it changed to, to mainly the smaller rays, like the small eyes and the thornbacks, stingers, the stingers would be up to maybe, I don't know, teens, 20 pounds max. Well, I wonder why they did disappear, those skate, because you can understand the monkfish coming under commercial uh, pressure, but not, not rays like that. Don't know. The whole place is gone. You know, the monks have gone, the undulates have gone, there's some thornbacks there, apparently. And now it's just memories on videotape. Fortunately, we've got it on tape. 
Kevin edited the film together. And now Kevin's gone, sadly. Sad. <laughs>